0: hello Hello, horror fanatics fanatics. i'm frank
1: and i'm jen and we welcome you to our weekly podcast
0: oh the Horror. horror thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror supernatural scary and downright creepy
1: if you like what you hear Rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts.
0: You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at OTH at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at Mm ohthehorrorpodcast.com. And uh, here we are.
1: Here we are.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That isn't going to work. No. No. If you haven't guessed it yet, folks, I'm not feeling well. (laughs) A little nasally, runny, sneezy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Like half the seven dwarves.
1: You're a dwarf.
0: A dwarf? Yes. Grumpy? Yes. No, I'm not grumpy. Not all the time. (laughs) Yep. So we'll see how this goes.
1: It's going to be fine.
0: We'll rip this off. Yeah. It'll be fine. We did an episode where we were both on COVID, so. Yeah, we did. I can't remember which one that one was. Uh, Fairies? No.
1: uh -uh. It
0: was back in the day.
1: Yeah, I almost want to say it was uh, ghosts.
0: Maybe. It was pretty early. It was early. We're coming right out of the gate, all happy about our podcast. Yeah. We're like, hey, guys. Well, if you're motivated enough, let's see if you can do it with COVID. That was like day two of COVID. Day one. Yeah. Where it just hit us out of nowhere. Yeah. It
1: was good times. We
0: got out of it pretty nice though. We did. Only a few days. Yeah. Still here.
1: Here we are. Yep, sick again. Yeah. Well, you are. <laughs> yeah. Speak 'em for 'em um, self um, self'em.
0: Well. Mormons today. Yeah. Cult of the month. Yeah. I like how we did Mormons because the other ones we've done were the weird strange like hardcore weird yeah. mormons got some weird stuff going. yeah on. they do but they don't they don't go over the top like these for those ones.
1: of you who would like to know the weirdest of the weird for mormonism check out the south park episode on uh yeah. mormonism because <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty freaking accurate
0: it actually is yeah it's a good episode too yeah they got a good show they do they just crank out just great show after great Well,
1: so. between South Park and Simpsons, mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether they're uh, prophesying the future or it's like self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: No, I think, you know, I laugh at that with the whole thing with The Simpsons and everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they, mm-hmm. you know, they prophesize this. I think what they have is a good bead on humans, human nature. Could be. And how it works.
1: At any rate.
0: Because I think they sit, you know, I would bet that's what it is. They just got a good beat on it. Cause that's why they're long lasting shows too.
1: Yeah. Cause but it just I mean.
0: hits like, it. but the Simpsons have this weird or um, South park has yeah. this weird way of like totally dementing something and getting something crazy. And then right at the end, they'll just kind of spin it and make it all like sense. And it's wholesome. And you know, it's hysterical. They, they're geniuses at that. <laughs> So what are your sources?
1: I have the National dot org, Mormonism in the mainst- in the American Mainstream by Donald Scott, uh Queens College.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And RaptureReady.com, F A Q. What is Mormonism?
0: Gotcha. I uh the usual, check out the wiki mm-hmm. and uh gave history.com a tour. Mm-hmm. Went to uh, the Church of Jesus Christ uh, of Latter Day Saints. Yep, yeah, yep. The uh, LDS, as they're also known. Yes. That was a dec- that was a weird experience. Yeah. Uh, Pew. I went
1: there too, but notice I didn't include that in my sources.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pew, uh, Pew forum. They did something in January twelfth, twenty twelve. It was Mormons in America. Yes. Yeah. Like a summary. Uh, checked out PBS. And then there's the, uh, it was this website called the Gospel Coalition, and I like the title of it. It was The Eight Beliefs You Should Know About Mormons When They Knock at the Door. So I was going to cover that towards the end of the tour here. Yeah. Because I think it's, uh, we'll get to the door, door-to-door stuff later, but.
1: They never used to do that. It's only recently.
0: Mm, here. Out where I was since I was a little kid.
1: Because all I had when I was a little kid was the Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: All right. So here's the thing, though. You lived out in the middle of nowhere. I did. And that just shows how desperate Jehovah's Witnesses are, because they're willing to go down a road that's a mile long with only three (laughs) houses on it. One house and two trailers.
1: longer than a mile, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One house and two trailers. Yeah. And they're willing to go door to door that far. That shows the drive of the Jehovah's Witness versus yep. the uh, LDS or Mo- Mormons. We're going to kind of use that interchangeably. But but we used to get LDS and the Mormons. And my parents. Wait,
1: like, LDS and the Mormons is the same Or thing. I mean
0: uh, Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I was just being friendly because, like, someone knocked at the door. I answered. Mm-hmm. And my mom was doing something like out back Mm -hmm. and you know how I had to laugh like looking back at it now they never asked if my mom was there
1: oh that's funny because uh the Jehovah's uh my mom used to babysit and they would knock on the door Mm -hmm. and the windows would be open and one of the kids she was babysitting would go Joyce, there's somebody at the door. And my mother would say, What do they want? And then Steph would say to them, What you want? Mm -hmm. And uh they would say, you know, we're the Jehovah's Witnesses. We'd like to talk to her about something or other. And she'd be like, These people are here and they want to talk about uh the watchtower or something like that. And my mother would go, Tell them I'm not here. And Stuff would yeah. go. She says she's not here.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh, no, did I, you have that? I well, I look back at the experience. Like they'd ask if my mom, or, you know, w- did, was a parent there, and I'd be like, "Yeah, in the backyard." Mm-hmm. And then they go, "Okay," and then they go right into the spiel. Right, but you got to understand, I'm like, I'm seven, eight yeah. years old. Yeah, and they're handing me the thing, the book, you know, yep. the booklets or the papers or whatever. And they're asking is, you know, do you work with Jesus Christ? Do you accept him as your personal savior? You know, all these like gentle questions for Mm -hmm. a seven, eight year old. And I'm sitting there just kind of like, well, you know, because at the time I was going to church. Yeah. I was like, well, I do go to church. and Oh, that's great. And they're going through the whole thing. Now, I haven't even yelled to my mom yet that someone's at the door. Right. And this conversation's going on for a while. Yeah. And then... uh, actually i gotta reverse back on that different time folks it was a different era i was home alone for like <laughs> 15 welcome minutes
1: welcome to the 80s guys Yeah, the, here's
0: the 80s i i forgot i got a re- retro <laughs> back in time here um i was home alone again seven eight ish yeah. my mom will deny it to her death but yeah, yeah. it happened And this is why it happened. They answered the door, and I talked to them. I took everything they had, (laughs) and I said that they'll have to come back. So they were like green light, and we were on all the mailing lists. They were like, you know, 95 feet or damn, you can hit that shit, you know. (laughs) And so they kept coming and coming and coming. My mom was just like, what the hell? After a while. And it was because I let them. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's like a vampire. You let them in. (laughs)
0: Yeah, or the devil, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh to a certain degree. I mean, they were always nice. They were never bad. Like they were never but they just have that salesman pressure thing. The and, first time And I'm- you you can't like they have and when I say salesman pressure thing, they have that they have that ability to maneuver around that you don't realize until you're adult, like how well you have to craft people for it. Some are just natural yeah. at it, but they just avoid every exit door possible, yeah. you know, in a conversation. Like you would get to this point and be like, yeah, well, I got this stuff going on, but one more thing. And then the one more thing would turn into a dialogue yeah. and then you get wrapped into that. And, you know, they are wizards at that.
1: I will say my uncle used to talk with them for hours.
0: Well, when I got older, Our I used to. Words. Yeah.
1: My first encounter with uh the door to door LDSs was when I was living in South Utica. So I mm. was I was uh enjoying a cocktail. I don't know whether it was my first or third or Test. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I invited them in and I'm uh I'm drinking, I'm listening to their spiel. And I'm countering with my own spiel back to sure, them, sure. and then I was like, "Oh my goodness, where are my manners? Can I get you something to drink? Would you <laughs> like, would you like a kamikaze or a hurricane?" And they're like, "No, thank you, we're fine." Um, you know what? Now, now, looking at the time, I think we gotta go. So, if you offer them a cocktail, I mean, at least for me, it was a hard stop. And and they did leave promptly.
0: Well, the thing is, you just tell them, look, I'm not interested. You have to go. And if you say that sternly enough, anyone will go. It doesn't matter who it is. A politician, you know, beating the door for signatures or whatever.
1: Or you offer the teenage boys uh, a cocktail and they get scared and they leave. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (coughs) Well, but yeah, so... When I was older, at one point, I brought them in mm-hmm. to the table, asked them if they wanted coffee. I was like, all right, you know what? Show me what you got. Tell me what you got. Yeah. Tell me the Lay whole thing. Lay it on thing. me. Lay me your pitch. Yep. And, you know, they were asking questions about, as this isn't about me. Yeah. This is all on you. And it was funny because to a certain degree, I don't think they even know how to react with that because, like, I don't think they yeah. ever get that. From, like we're in what do we do now oh my god how do
1: we how do we do this (laughs)
0: they don't have you know we gotta
1: sell our stuff i
0: know this in theory but you know that's uh yeah
1: what does one do (laughs)
0: yeah but back to the like the mormons exclusively i never really knew a mormon practitioner so to speak or follower uh till later in life i worked with a couple that were in the practice so to speak and they were pretty cool about it. Like they were mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, it's different." Yeah, you know they they don't sit there and act like it's a normal deal. And because it's it's bundled around Christianity, let's say.
1: Yes, well, it's 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 bundled it, around. It, it is it. that's you know, how they, they sell it.
0: No, they believe in Jesus Christ. They, they do. They believe in the whole life of Christ, and they believe they in also the Bible. Believe
1: Christ, uh came over to America.
0: No, but but they, they believe that they believe the Bible. Yep. You know, they they have that like mm-hmm. I said, it has that I don't want to say nucleus, but driver, mm-hmm. so to speak. So on a certain plane you can converse like back and forth, say with scripture and right. thing like yeah. that. And the beliefs are there. But then there's this other door, mm-hmm. like off to the side. And that's the juicy Mormon stuff. Yeah. That a lot of people don't realize right. And and then I started talking to him about, you know, like the founding of it and mm-hmm. and getting into it. And that was the first time I really got like deep into the sauce palette, you know, right, the saucy yeah. palette of of Mormonism. And and from there I was like, wow, this is this is different. This is weird. Yeah. Nice people. Yeah. Totally nice. Uh and they never really pushed their agenda on anybody. Right. Of course, we were working. I mean, work's kind of like the, it's the be-all excuse to not yeah, be around all that stuff. i If I had a couple drinks with them, I don't know how that would have went. I don't think it would have went any different. Who knows? I think I think with them, I, I felt the impression of they didn't mind being friendly. They were okay. You know, like yeah. I could even go as far as to trust them with a lot of mm-hmm. serious things. And I did working with them, but. At the end of the day, I knew there was a door there that if I opened it, they would pounce on me like a couple of tigers, you know, and just try to, you know, well, did you think of this and that and try to do the pulling of the levers and, and all that stuff. But how did this start?
1: Well, let's start with what is Mormonism? Yeah, yeah. When Mormonism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as it came to be officially designated, first emerged on the religious scene in 1830, it was simply one of many, often short-lived, new religious groups born amidst the spiritual movement of the mid-19th century um, in America. Mm -hmm. But by the mid-1840s, Mormonism had established itself as a dynamic and distinctive new religious tradition. The historical significance of Mormonism lies not so much in its size and success in gaining adherence. So by 1845, it had nearly 40,000 believers. By 1870, that number had risen to 120,000. And this is according to the Mormon Temple, Salt Lake City, Utah, circle 1880 to 1900 Mm -hmm. from the Library of Congress. Today, with over 7 million members in the United States alone, Mormonism is among the fastest growing of the world's religions. What is most significant historically about Mormonism is that it was not simply another Christian sect or denomination, but was the only new religious tradition founded in 19th century America. Equally important is Mormonism's complex and embattled relation to both the society from which it emerged and to the evangelicalism that was such a dominant force in society so let's get to their doctrine in history the birth of mormonism centered on one man joseph smith jr 1806 to 1844 he was a farmer from the region of western new york known as the quote-unquote burned over district because of its unrelenting religious enthusiasm It was launched in 1830 in the publication of the Book of Mormon, the sacred text which became the foundation for the new religion. As Smith told the story, seven years earlier, the angel Moroni had appeared before him and told him of a book written on gold plates and buried in a hill outside Manchester, New York. Then, on September 22, 1827, after other visitations from Moroni, the plates were turned over to Smith. Over the next 24 months, Smith and a few trusted associates, using special ancient seer stones, translated the Egyptian hieroglyphics of the plates into English. When they had finished this arduous task, Smith reported, as arranged, he delivered the plates back to the angel. The Book of Mormon was not simply an arresting and powerful spiritual treatises like John Fox's Book of Martyrs, which became the foundational text of Quakerism. Rather, Smith promulgated it as a new sacred and canonical text, a wholly new dispensation of scriptural truth that God working through the angel Moroni and his chosen earthly vessel, Joseph Smith delivered to humankind. As such for Mormon believers, the book of Mormon possesses the same canonical standing as the old and new testaments do for Protestants and Catholics. In fact, just as early Christians saw the New Testament with its narrative of Christ as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies, as the completion of God's delivery of scriptural truth, so too did Mormons see the Book of Mormon with its prediction of a new prophetic figure as God's third and final dispensation. To believers, in fact, the Book of Mormon built directly on the promises and predictions of earlier text. It was the quote-unquote sealed book described in the book of Isaiah, the appearance of which would signal the coming of the quote-unquote end times predicted in the book of Revelation. Thus did the Mormons identify themselves as saints. The new Israelites called out from the Gentiles to usher in the millennium. Finally, the book of Mormon revealed that on the day it spoke out of the ground, quotes, A prophet named Joseph, like his father, would appear and, with the aid of revelations delivered to him directly from God, establish the godly kingdom on earth that would prepare the way for Christ's second coming. Hard stop for a second. That's all? That's it. (laughs) Here's my question, though. If this is supposed to be the sealed book Mm -hmm. from Isaiah... Yeah. That brings in the end times. That what up, man?
0: We're still here.
1: Yeah, like we're still end timing.
0: <laughs> so that brings uh, a, a real big thing that I like to talk about is the Book of Revelations. Yeah, because I'm fascinated by that book.
1: I mean, it is I pretty good.
0: Absolutely, it's first off, it's just a great read. It is. I
1: when I read the, the Bible and like, I did the cover to cover.
0: Regardless of your affiliation with religion right. or whatever, like Revelations but, is a great
1: read. Yeah, like that is the that was the one book, like, okay, I think it was Deuteronomy that was like Saul beget.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Phineas beget. And I was just like, Jeez, Louise, I don't care. And then, you know, you move on and then you get into <laughs> the new and I will say the New Testament was better. Um, the Jesus stories were better, but when you get to revelation, yeah. you're like, oh, well, and there's a lot that, up, there's a lot that want to
0: discount the book, you know? Yeah. And then like Bible one one like the old Testament's a tough read.
1: It oh, really is. It's a slogging. Read. Well,
0: what it is, is it's history and laws. Yeah, basically when you sum it up, I yeah. mean, as you're going through Genesis, there's a cool Adam and Eve story and, mm-hmm. and that's a great story, story of Noah and all that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. But you got the whole genealogy thing they start busting yeah. out.
1: I'm of. pretty sure that was the book like, of Deuteronomy and you're you know, just like,
0: yeah, no, it's don't. just and then there's the rules and all yeah. that stuff. And you got to look at it from a long term thing like this is the platform of how it's starting.
1: Right. Yes. If
0: you were to do like Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, you got yes. the first movie where they're just, you know, all right. There claims to be a ring. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's getting together, you know, Mm -hmm. but they don't start like moving and actually doing things until like the last 20 minutes of three hours. Right. And then you realize you got two more left. You know, everybody's like, well, it's a slow start. It's like, dude, you got six more hours of movies left. Yeah. I think they're going to fill it in there. And then that's where the two towers comes
1: in and all that. And then
0: the Bible's kind of the same thing. You got this first kind of section that just gets you associated with the context of everything and why things are moving in a certain direction Right. yes new testament's kind of the uh i would say the two towers type bit yeah like the two three books before new testament and getting into new testament yep then the end revelation i would just call return of the king yeah back through there yeah Uh, there's people probably shaking their heads like you fucking asshole you know but whatever Revelations. Your own show my yeah and send me a link i'll listen to it exactly. i'll give you some love yeah. the uh good point jennifer I got this. my goodness so revelations to me is this i think if you start trying to figure out what revelations means you're in trouble yes because i think revelations is the book that's there for you when it happens Mm -hmm. And you don't know when it's going to happen until it starts happening. Yeah. And I know everybody's, well, that's just kind of the same thing. And it's like, well, no, I, like, I turn to Revelation for Entertainment value and and there's a lot to learn there there's a real strife between because it's the end of times yeah and it's, it's the ultimate to the point,
1: battle between good and evil
0: it, well yeah good and evil and and you really ask yourself as a reader where do I fall in this like if right. this yes. was to occur mm-hmm. where would I fall and yeah. it really is a great that's why I say it's a good read because it even if you don't want to believe in Christianity and you don't want to believe in any of this if there was this collision of good and evil and it's finally at a head and it just it's going to this and there's going to be one winner
1: right yeah. one loser yeah
0: where are you are right, you on the yeah. losing side or are you on the winning side of that mm-hmm. and and it's a uh i think it's a compelling read on that part and it's deep it's it i is. think it's one of the deepest books in in the bible
1: well it should be because the name is Revelations. Revelations,
0: yeah. And I know there's a lot of them, like scholars and stuff, that wish it was never in there. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get their, their reason for it. I really do, because it doesn't really kind of mesh with the rest of the books collected for the Bible. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why they're saying what they're saying. I don't agree with it. I think it should be in there.
1: Yes, definitely. But
0: getting into this, this is where these type of religions really pop up out of nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, you think about it. The last one we just did, Heaven's Gate. Yes. Very huge into revelations. Massive yes. into revelations. Well,
1: not so much revelation, just the whole thought of end times. Like Yeah, everyone, but he got
0: that from Revelation. I have it in the notes. From you know, Revelation, he, yes. He was big into revelations. And I worked with people that just, you know, oh, the seals are coming. The seals already been broken already. And it's like, dude, no, you don't know this. Yeah. It's not no. an instruction book. I it's mean, the book.
1: seals were opened on Supernatural, but well, yeah. they n- nowhere else.
0: And I hate to break your heart, but that's a fictitious story. What? But, <laughs> but the fact is, is these you know, there's groups of people that get together. They all buy into the idea that this could be a reality, hmm. and it's a dangerous game to get into because if you're wrong, you can't crawl your way out of it. Which well, is where you're apparently you ask
1: they me, can, because <laughs> well, they've been doing it for. 200 years.
0: Yeah, but the fact is, and this is where I think education falls on its face with this stuff. Like, I think education has to talk about these religious groups, at least the big ones. Yeah. And say, look, um, this is a 10,000 foot view of Mormonism. Mm -hmm. This is a 10,000 foot view of what we'll call, well, just Catholics Mm -hmm. and any kind of surrounding, you know, Protestants, Mm -hmm. Lutherans, you know, Baptists. Uh, just kind of a like a theologic, theological theological uh, course, you know, of theology. Right. I think a high school needs, you know, instead of talking about other things, which I'm not going to get into. Right. Yeah. Have a have a theology course. Just
1: a basic theology. Basic course. theology.
0: Yeah. One ten thousand feet to where kids can start talking about this in a real honest way. Yeah. And just you know a, a, a meaningful way that kids do. Right. Ask yeah. a lot of weird questions. Yeah. Like, why? well, where are these golden seals? Did the one guy just find it? Did mm-hmm. he have a partner? Yeah. Is there any corroborative stories with the seals other than just this yeah. guy?
1: right, yeah. You
0: know, because that's where the Bible actually kind of works. They're just like, well, you know, it was a bunch of people. They weren't even around then. It's like, well, yeah, one of them, a couple of them were. Yeah. A couple of them were there when right. Jesus was yeah. around. And then, you know, you learn the 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 accountability of some of the stories. Right. And then there's the weird part of the Bible where you have all these books and they link together written by different people.
1: They do. Yes.
0: It's bizarre. It's weird. Yeah. You can't do that now on anything. No. So, so this, I think that's where people like, how do they gain new membership? It's just people that don't know better. Yeah. They don't know anything. It's kind of like Scientology. I could see where someone, you know, we talked about this with, uh, um, NXIVM. Yeah. Nexium's is a great example. I won't talk about Scientology because that's a future episode, but Nexium is the same example where if you're not grounded in any kind of faith and you're lost and you don't and have searching. a self-identification yeah. and you're searching for yourself, anybody that comes with a plan yes. that has some moderate structure to help you, you know, build your life a little more solid and give you self-confidence, right. you're going to become a follower of that. And you see that now mm-hmm. with like spirituality. Yeah. Spirituality's it's tough because like I have a separate note here. It was something that I read and I couldn't quote it directly, but like there's, there's a weird thing between spiritism and spirit spirituality. And okay. I think people got it botched up because uh, often one will confuse spirituality with spiritism and the follow follower of spiritism Believes that with the practice of certain rituals, a person can obtain powers that are superior to human nature, and these are not expressions of faith; rather, they are the way one falls into a superstitious mentality and the magical arts. Period.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a when I first read that, and I think it was in one of my kind of just side books of stuff. With mm-hmm. but but there's a lot there. That you could unpack, Yeah. And and if you don't have a a core, you know, like a, a following or you're not grounded in something, you can get lured into this stuff. And then what happens is like with Nexium, you go into the executive success program. Everything's great. Everything's right, awesome. Yeah. My life's building up. Things yeah. are perfect. And then you're like, yeah, you know what? I do want to go to the next level with this. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. We're going to do some volleyball games. We're going to, you know, get around, mm-hmm. hang out, have a good time. And then you're into this core group of people and it's like, you know what? You need to start doing, let's start doing this and this and this and this. Yeah. And now you're in. Right. And it's the same thing with Mormonism. Like I imagine you would have a conversation with them. They wouldn't be talking about the seals. They wouldn't be talking the about the, or the plates. Yeah. They wouldn't be talking about the polygamy and no, all that none stuff. Of they, that. they wouldn't talk about any of it. They would talk about the basic core Jesus Christ stuff. Yeah. That's been working for 2,000. Yeah. 22 years now. Yeah. um, And and that's what they're going to use. Mm-hmm. And when I sat them at the table and said, what do you got? That was what they opened with. Right. That's what they got me with. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm doing that with this. And they're like, well, yeah, but we're doing it a different way. And that's where they kind of show the side part. Mm-hmm. of Mormonism. That's the way to walk through the door. But yeah, like if you were a female going through it with Mormonism, cause it's a different thing for a male going into Mormonism than a female. Mm-hmm. Cause the whole polygamy thing is.
1: Yeah, but they don't do, they don't subscribe to polygamy anymore.
0: No, but they did.
1: They did. That's, yes.
0: you know, that's what got them killed. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Cause they, uh, so
1: I think we're getting ahead of things. Oh, okay. So let's, let's, let's go from the beginning. <laughs> Joseph Smith and his followers provoked ridicule from for Mormonism's seemingly magical, if not superstitious, origins and opposition as a heresy that dared to claim itself the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth. Feeling themselves persecuted by their upstate New York neighbors, they organized separate Mormon settlements in Kirtland, Ohio, and in Independence, Missouri. Kirtland was the seat of the prophet, where in 1836 the Mormons built and consecrated an elaborate temple. In both places, they isolated themselves from their neighbors, and much as other um, 19th century religious communitarian groups like the Shakers or the Amish, they set up cohesive, economically self-sufficient, and largely self-governing communities, setting themselves up not simply as a group of worshipers, but... As a people apart, neither Ohio nor Missouri provided adequate refuge against the hostility of neighbors suspicious of Mormon belief and fearful of Mormonism's growing numbers and economic prosperity and power. In 1833, their Missouri neighbors attacked the settlement, forcing the Mormons to abandon independence. Opposition also intensified back in Ohio, and by early 1838, most of the Kirtland Mormons, led by the prophet had departed for Missouri, where they joined forces with their independence uh, co-religionists who had resettled in a county organized especially for them. Still, the tension between the Mormons and their Gentile neighbors escalated into armed conflicts, and the saints were forced to flee once again. In the spring of 1839, nearly 15,000 Mormons crossed into Illinois, where they purchased the town of Commerce, which they renamed Nauvoo, Granted a charter that made Nauvoo virtually an independent municipality with its own court system and militia, the Mormon settlement by 1844 had become the largest city in the state. In Nauvoo, Nauvoo, Smith completed the process of organizational and doctrinal consolidation begun in Kirtland. What had begun as an effort to recover the clarity and simplicity of early Christianity And the pure and authoritative forms of the apostolic church developed into a more doctrinally complex and more elaborate and hierarchical religious structure. With the consecration of the temple in Kirtland, Smith turned away from the example of the early church and embraced more ancient Hebraic models of organization. In addition to deacons, elders, priests, and bishops, He instituted a first presidency composed of Smith as president and two counselors, a high council, a special quorum of 70, a council of 12 apostles, and a patriarch, the first of which Smith ordained um, his own father. Finally, Revelation granted the Lord's servant, Joseph Smith Jr., the sole authority for receiving commandments and revelations from God. In addition to this revelation securing the ultimate authority of the prophet and president, Smith announced the key revelation concerning celestial marriage under which saints' marriages were sealed for eternity. This doctrine became the basis for the revelation disclosed to a chosen few saints in 1843 for the for the practice of plural marriages under which select and worthy Mormon men would take multiple wives. Growing Mormon power alarmed their initially welcoming Illinois neighbors. In addition to their economic power, Mormons voted as a block in accordance with revelation announced from the pulpit. In 1844, Smith, who had revealed a plan for organizing the kingdom of God on earth with himself as king, declared his candidacy for president of the United States. In June, Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram were arrested, dragged from jail, and murdered by a group of militia called out to protect the state against a feared Mormon uprising. After Smith's murder, the Mormons regrouped and under the leadership of Brigham Young, selected as Smith's successor as prophet and president, undertook the great trek westward to the Utah Territory, where they established a virtual Mormon kingdom centered in Great Salt Lake City, which they called the State of Deseret. In Utah, under the long leadership of Young from 1847 to 1877, building on the precepts of plural marriage and patriarchal prophetic governance promulgated by Joseph Smith, the Mormons established a unique, cohesive, economically self-sufficient and thriving society. Indeed, at the time of Young's death in 1877, the Utah Mormons, augmented by converts from England and elsewhere in Europe, numbered close to 150,000. The Great Basin Kingdom endured largely intact into the 1880s, but then, due to mounting hostility that centered on the practice of polygamy, which the U.S. Congress declared illegal by the Edmonds Act of 1882, the Mormons relinquished their most controversial doctrine— After the arrest of a number of Mormon leaders, the president of the church, Wilford Woodruff, in exchange for granting Utah statehood, agreed to halt plural marriage and dissolve the separate Mormon political party. So let's get into their religious and social sources.
0: So, but this also shows that this is where the Mormons kind of split. Because you don't just have like one set of Mormons, so to speak. I think they're out into like four or five different groups now. Because... There's some that are the hardcores that still practice polygamy because remember there was those people that would come up on like the news or, or something. Yeah, there
1: like are some that interviews. still do it and I know there was a separate- I know it's separate, weaned
0: down more and more as time comes. There was but, a
1: separate Mormon community established in Mexico.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And I'm not sure if they're, you know, what doctrine it is they're practicing, but-
0: because I think it's like with any of them that there's like the old schoolers.
1: Yes, there are.
0: That like basically anything while Smith was alive, that's going it's down.
1: Or it's dudes that are like, well, why have one wife when I can have 10? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, whatever. Which on
0: paper seems great, but I just don't see how that works out. Yeah. I wouldn't I, I want. I mean, I
1: get it if you piss off one, you got nine other chances at it. But what if you yeah. piss off All ten of them. Now you've got ten pissed off women at you. What are you gonna do then, dude? I just
0: don't see ten women getting along under those circumstances. Yeah, it's kind of like I know some of them
1: are under the same roof, but I also know for some of them, each yeah, each woman has her own house, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So he's just house hopping. Sure. That's that's ten lawns you got to mow.
0: But I mean, isn't there like <laughs> like what happens on like Easter? I don't know. How do you do Easter?
1: How do you do Christmas? Yeah. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl of holidays. What you doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, you getting everybody together, hanging out.
1: That's a lot of presents. That's and, so many presents. And if someone
0: needs a hand, I would imagine one wife's going to help out the other wife, but. Then there's like. Yeah, but
1: probably to a but point. But then that's where
0: that shady shit goes, where yeah. they're like doing dishes and they're yeah. just like, you know, so what, is, what does Jim do when this happens to you? Yeah. And like, oh, well, Jim does this for me. Well, he doesn't fucking do that for me. And then that's when the shade yeah. just fucking starts getting tossed everywhere. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Betty's getting treated like this and then they're going to talk to all the other wives. Yeah. Just, oh, no, that's just Betty. Fuck Betty.
1: Yeah. Why is Betty getting Yeah, a special that's treatment? where I don't.
0: I just. I'm amazed that they think that something like that would have worked. It Just wouldn't.
1: Well, here's the thing.
0: I can't introduce you to like three other women without there being some sort of conflict. (laughs) Some sort of conflict. It just, eh.
1: Yeah. Eh. Well, like the first time you introduced me to your friends, like their wives. Yeah. That was fun.
0: Guys loved you. Yeah, they did. You know, because that's what guys do. Yeah. Just like, hey, welcome aboard. Even if they didn't like you.
1: They're like, you're cool even,
0: until you're not. No, even if they didn't like you, they wouldn't have said it to your face. They would have said it to me. They yeah. would have been like, dude, you can do better than that. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. But they'd never, like, they'd just be like, hey, because it's a respect thing. You
1: yeah. Know? <clears throat> Women didn't have any respect for me. Like, well, some. They didn't say it, but yeah. it was written all yeah. over their there was, face. There was some. Yeah.
0: I and mean, you know, we've hung on to them.
1: Yes, we have. And, and we have.
0: that's kind of the lesson people need to learn in life. Is you just can't be friends with everybody.
1: No, you, you can't. You can't get
0: along with everybody. No. No. And then you got to sit there. And I think this is something you get with age because mm-hmm. you treat that differently when you're a teenager. That's mm-hmm. devastating when you're a teenager mm-hmm. that someone doesn't want to be friends with you Yeah. or even just be in the room and hang out with you. Because yes. even if you're just like, yeah, fuck you, I don't need you. No, that's in your head all day. Yes. Why does that person not want to see me? You know, is it because of this? Is it because of that? Is it because of the way my elbows look? You know, like just stupid, yeah. crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's what teens do, especially teen girls. Yeah. 20s, you're kind of in your rebellious age trying to find yourself. Yeah. Some have found themselves already, but the most that are still Most are around. still
1: looking. Yeah.
0: And they want to cast that kind of trust mm-hmm. into somebody. And that's when you get into that jaded 40-year-old. Yeah. that just I kinda, will say
1: I was in my 30s and I was it like. It starts then. I
0: was like, you know what? I don't
1: need to be your friend. So if you don't want to like me, that's on you.
0: Well, mentally you do this equation. Mm -hmm. It's how much effort would I have to do to be friends with you compared to not being friends with you? Correct. And does that effort, is that effort worth it? Yeah. And you do that quick mental equation and and you're just like, yeah, no, you know what? I I don't have a use for you. Yeah. And in your thirties, like late twenties, in your late twenties, and into your thirties, most people, I hate throwing people under a general blanket, but that's when you start saying that whole deal. Like I have no use for you. Mm-hmm. Cause like in, and say high school I'm or not gonna school, you going to
1: have no use for you. It's more of, I don't need you. I don't need mm-hmm. you to be a part of anything that's going on with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can do your thing. I'm going to do mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the
1: two shall never
0: meet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> No, but you just got a good sense of yourself at that time. And, And that's where like even dating, like, yeah, it's easy to date a young person. Cause they've got all the hope in the world and they want to know more about you. They're just in this quest of knowledge. Yeah. Now the tough part when you're older and you wanted to date someone younger is you have nothing fucking in common with that person. Yeah. They like different music. Yeah. They like different shows. Yeah. They like different things.
1: I will say when, I mean, even when I was 28, I would not date someone who was younger. The youngest I would go was 27.
0: Well, that's where I see people that are like our yeah. age, like mid late forties mm-hmm. and they're dating like 20 year olds.
1: Yeah, dude, you got nothing in common with that person. Now
0: granted there's that old soul walking around there and they is, do exist. And I, and to a certain degree, yeah. that's where I would throw the exception to the rule. Uh,
1: yeah, I will say, yes, there are exceptions, but overall
0: oh, over- that
1: May, December, it's not going to be sustainable. For the long term. No, because
0: you have nothing to talk about. You have nothing to, like, even on a deep level. Like, you're just going through shit in your 40s that a 20-year-old just doesn't have a fucking
1: concept about. My first husband was 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And he would make reference to a show like Chico and the Man that came out in 1976. Yeah, And he's like, oh, man, do you remember that show? No, dude, I was one. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, and don't get pissed at me because I don't remember something from when I was one.
0: <laughs> well, in in like doing part time work in the retail area, you I work. I'm just yeah. surrounded by a bunch of younger people, and overall, awesome to get along with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one of those like haters of a generation. I don't. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a lot more naive than. Oh yes. the generation yeah, generation I was in and generations prior. Uh, they'll figure that out. Yeah. But like, I remember sitting one time having a conversation with somebody who were bringing up bands or something. And I was, it was that story you were telling me about a a podcast you were listening to with the guitarists of Black Crows. And, uh, they were talking about how they were doing that show with Rolling Stones. Oh yeah. And how like all those, uh, um, SUVs were lined up Yep, and they're waiting for the stones to Mm -hmm. finish. The stones finish they take off like a bat out of hell with a police escort. Right, yeah. They have a 45-minute
1: fireworks display.
0: display. And by the time the fireworks display is over and people are leaving the stadium, they're a stayed away.
1: Yeah, they are. They
0: are out of state. Yeah. And when I started that story, because I was just talking not about the bands, but just like the story and like how like, you know, black crows at that time they were like at their top
1: they were they were at the pinnacle of like yeah, their, their career and so then, they're like they've got their two suvs thinking they're all that yeah and, the, and, and then a bag like this chips.
0: whole thing yeah. takes place and then they're like you know what we aren't even close to like Yeah,
1: we are not the police escort group this is, where you have a an entire highway shut no, down and it's is, just you this is how megastars yeah. are treated yeah. you know
0: and, and and
1: that's when they were like Dude, we ain't shit. And
0: it's a lesson of humility, yeah. you know. So yeah. I was talking with them about it. I get right into it. I'm like, "Yeah, it's the guitarist from the Black Crows." And they're like, "Who's the Black Crows?" And I'm just like, "You know what?"
1: Yeah, I got, I got nothing to say. Like, to all you. right, I'm gonna
0: tell this story, but after that, I just, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna school move on.
1: you on some some musical. Well, history no, it's theory. just you know,
0: and and it's funny because it's just it's little stuff like that, and and if you were to get into something like like. I do Fletch references all the time with my friends. Right. That's something I can't do around that group of people. Because no. they have no idea who Chevy Chase is. Correct. They have no idea what the movie Fletch is. Correct. They have no idea with any of that stuff. No. You know. And it's nothing against them. No. But again, it's just like the tough part. Like, I see people of that age group, like, around, you know, that do And that.
1: here's the thing. Very few of them step outside of their comfort zone. So ah. if it's not, like... The if it's not the music that they're listening to on the radio or that yeah. they can hear on the radio, odds are they aren't going to go outside of themselves to find something new. But our Same generation movies our
0: generation does that now. I do that now. I listen to all the music I used to listen to. Yeah, I watch. I, I've watched movies repetitively because nothing but, else is on. Okay, think but, back
1: to when you were in your teens and twenties. Yeah, did you just listen to what was on the radio, or were you listening to other stuff? Were you listening to well, like punk? Were you listening to classic? And
0: that gets into a different thing. The different thing with that is is who you're raised around. True. So like I had real diverse music because fortunately I had a brother that was 10 years older than me Mm -hmm. and I had a, another brother that was probably eight around through there. I had that whole broad bit. So I got raised into that whole bit of music basically from like the sixties up Yeah, when I was in the eighties and then my grandfather listened to big bands and he would have big bands and he would have like waltzes and Polka's playing. And my mom was a Motown girl. Mm -hmm. And she liked the Motown stuff, at least growing when I was growing up. The Motown stuff. And then there was the what I would call pop music back then. Yeah. But it's yacht rock now. It is. (laughs) And I mean like yacht rock's a cool name for it. (laughs) Yeah. But but that was pop music then. It
1: was, yeah. And like
0: people really need to realize that. Like Christopher Cross sailing, yeah. That was pop music. It was. It was um all Just listen to Yacht Rock, and that was literally pop music from, I want to say, the 70s into the early 80s. Yeah. Early to mid-80s. I was going to
1: gonna say, was gonna say like mid-70s to mid about 83, because yeah. then 83 on is about when New Wave takes over, and then Yacht Rock is still on the scene, but it's it's labeled as adult contemporary. Adult contemporary, <laughs> yeah.
0: Which I mean, yeah. but that's where I got to laugh. Like, people should listen <laughs> to that music. Like, that yeah. was pop music then.
1: It was, yeah.
0: Just like Motown at that time was pop music.
1: Correct.
0: And to me, I hate to derail off of the Mormon thing a bit, but like, do you? Well, you brought up music. That I was did. the problem, you know, or maybe I, I did. I brought up music. Shocker. But there was a lot more heart and soul in like the Motown, the Yacht Rock stuff. There is, yeah. There was that whole just love and soul mm-hmm. and, and just earthiness to the music. Yeah. Now it's all digital and it's like- It's cold. Honestly, I hear any kind of auto-tuning or auto-harmonizing yeah. and nope. I'm off immediately. Yeah. Like I'm stepping off the boat. Okay, bye. Yeah. That would be, <laughs> and it'd be the equivalent of like I was stepping onto a boat and they were slaughtering a child. I'd be like, nope, I just- Yeah. I'm done here. I'm out. You guys are going to do what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. I, it's the same thing. My ears are just like nah to it. It just yeah. I can't it's
1: like nails down the chalkboard. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And it doesn't matter what style of music no, it is. I, I hear don't care that who's doing it. Auto harmonizer, nope. auto tune, auto pitch thing, and I'm just like, Nope.
1: Auto off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Mormon. What are we doing again?
1: Throughout the nineteenth century <laughs> and most of the twentieth, Mormonism has been viewed as an aberrant, bizarre. Isolated and largely self-contained religious movement Mm -hmm. cut off from the mainstream of American society. But what this picture obscures is the extent to which Mormonism, for all its distinctiveness, was not only rooted in many of the broader ideas that characterized early 19th century evangelicalism, but also broadly responsive to the social changes playing across 19th century American society like the Campbellite movement or the primitive Baptists. It sought to cut through the confusing welter of warring sects and denominations and restore the simplicity of the early church by resting itself on a few clearly revealed authoritative truths. It also reflected the strong current of belief in magic and the occult and in the reality of spiritual visions and divine signs that was widespread in the culture. In fact, in 1831, in South Hampton County, Virginia, another prophetic figure, Nat Turner, following signs and visions given only to him, launched a bloody slave insurrection that he too saw predicted in the Book of Revelation. Finally, of course, the millennialism at the heart of Mormonism drew on evangelicalism's pervasive sense of millennial expectancy. So yeah. they were kind of, uh, most of your cults took that millennial, that changing from 1999 to 2000 is like, oh, that, that, was, that was supposed to be the beginning of the mm-hmm. end.
0: Well, like every other kind cult. of cult, <laughs> religion, yeah. practice. Yes. Again, this gets back into the revelation practicing. Yes. Like when you start practicing, I already know when I'm talking to a religious person and they're always just talking about this is going to be the end. That's going to be yeah. the end. This is going to be the end. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're a revelations nut, aren't you? Yeah. And they're all like, well, yeah, you know, and yeah. they wear it proud. You don't have yep. to pry them. They just pump it right out. And it's like, this is what revelations can do to you.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: you know, there's a lot of good if in that book, but that book, you, if yeah. you let it consume you now, what you're consumed of is the end of times all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Everything's the next yeah. coming.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I remember as a kid, uh, Nostradamus and uh, the whole Y2K. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody being like, this is it. This is the end. We're all, gonna, yeah. this stuff's going to stop working. It's, this is it.
0: Yeah. Well, and the Mayans, nothing happened. The Mayans had that with the Mayan calendar. And yeah.
1: Like and then I mean, when nothing happened, they were like, huh, we read the calendar wrong.
0: And you're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, sure.
1: Which is code for y'all don't know shit about fuck. Well, this goes so, back
0: to what we were talking about, where you have to come up with an explanation yeah. now, of something that goes totally against what your belief structure is. Yeah. You know, cognitive dissonance. It's, mm,
1: it's great. Mormonism, however, <laughs> took these broader <laughs> religious impulses farther than more mainstream religious groups were willing to go, cutting through the complex doctrines surround, surrounding evangelical conversion spiritual rebirth, it simply shed the idea of original sin and promised salvation to all who professed belief in Jesus Christ, renounced sin, and promised to obey the clerked, quote-unquote, laws and ordinances of the Bible, end quote. Mormonism also went well beyond mere millennial expectancy. To believers, deliverance of the Book of Mormon and the institution of a Mormon order had launched the latter days. Mormons considered the social and spiritual order that Joseph Smith tried to build in Nauvoo and that Brigham Young and his followers established in the Great Basin of Utah as the actual kingdom of God on earth, the replica of the celestial kingdom to which all quote-unquote saints were sealed for all eternity. Mormon doctrine and organization also uh, reflected broader and often contradictory social conditions. Above all, it provided desperately desired structure for lives beset by unpredictability, disorder, and change. It gave its adherents numerous social, psychological, and economic support. In social terms, in fact, Mormonism can be seen as perhaps the most successful, dynamic, and enduring version of the communitarianism of the 1830s and 1840s. It provided isolated, struggling, often desperate families like the Smiths and Youngs, from economically changing or declining countryside and small towns from the Northeast and Midwest with a new kind of economic security and cooperation. In the early years in Kirtland, the Mormons, like the Shakers or the Moravians, practiced a form of economic communism in which the church held title to all property and possessions. Even when they abandoned church ownership of property, the Mormons made sure that those who joined their community had a beginning economic stake in the community and instituted a strict regime regime of tithing to ensure that no member of the community would be abandoned to poverty. Mormons extolled hard work and discipline and soon offered tangible proof that it would be rewarded with solid and secure property. The Mormon social order, referred to by some scholars as a theocratic democracy, embodied a unique combination of democracy, hierarchy, and authoritarianism. All adult males possessed the franchise. Moreover, Mormonism did not possess a priesthood or organized, specially trained, and paid clergy. In effect, it obliterated the distinction between clergy and laity by making all adult males from the age of Twelve members of the priesthood who could ascend as they matured from the lowest to the highest rank or quorum of the priesthood. After Brigham Young, the position of president and prophet devolved on the eldest surviving member of the Council of Twelve Apostles. Females, though sealed as saints, were not admitted to the priesthood nor granted the vote, though they did have a series of special gender-based roles and associations. Nice. Yeah. So again, our lady brains at the core of the Mormon social order, especially as it developed in the desert kingdom of remote and isolated Utah, was its unique familial organization rooted in the practice of polygamy. The extraordinary motion and mobility of American society that launched thousands upon thousands of families into a kind of rootless nomadism destroyed most vestiges of the broader kinship networks that had characterized much of 18th century America. So again and again, in diaries and letters, as well as in newspapers and tracts of various descriptions, Americans decried the evils of isolated households. The familial organization of Mormon society countered this society by incorporating its members into a resolutely patriarchal structure that seemed not only to restore, but to extend and strengthen patriarchal authority and the scope and power of kinship by grounding it in Hebraic models drawn from the Old Testament and reinforced by the ongoing revelations of the Mormon prophet. Finally, Mormonism was organizationally, culturally, and intellectually comprehensive, cohesive, and complete. To many, it proved a welcome antidote to a highly fluid society of rampant individualism in which people saw improvement and prosperity for themselves and their families at the same time as they craved a sense of belonging and sought out various forms of community. The comprehensiveness of Mormonism, moreover, combined with its self contained isolation and sense of itself as different, superior, and exclusive, provided its adherents with a sense of identity, belonging, and esteem comparable to that which Afro Christian religions provided enslaved African Americans and which Roman Catholicism provided 19th century Irish immigrants. So, let's get to sources of anti-Mormon hostility. Mm -hmm. A puzzle remains. If Mormonism was so deeply embedded in broader religious ideas and impulsive and so reflective of broader social processes, how do we account for the hostility with which non-Mormon Americans greeted it? In some ways, anti-Mormonism can be seen as a part of the deeper and violent intolerances of the 1830s and 1840s that also turned against Masons, Roman Catholics, Native Americans, and Blacks in the Free North. Most Protestant Americans perceived Mormonism as an alien and threatening force, almost as un-American outsiders at odds with Native American values and beliefs as the Roman Catholic Irish immigrants. The Mormons exhibited a sense of exclusiveness, superiority, and righteousness, That's what pissed everybody off because they behaved as though they were better and they were their own thing. And because they were their own thing, they were more special. And there's no better way to piss off your neighbors than to be like, I'm better than you. No, that,
0: that is definitely one big part of it. It's one big part of it. I think the other part of it is, is that the Mormons lay this claim that they're the restored church. Yes. And I think their problem with that is this. If you're going to go and say you're the restored church, you're the new church, this whole see and restoration type yeah. idea, what you have now is this problem of how do you prove it? Well. Because if you corner a Mormon on this, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying I have. Right, yeah. But it, in theory, mm-hmm. And everything I've read, if they truly were the restored church, then one would expect to find some kind of first century historical evidence for Mormon doctrines. Yes. Like the plurality of gods and God the Father having been once a man. Mm-hmm. Because they claim that.
1: Yeah. They, they also condemned all existing forms of Christianity as false religions.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but they yeah, that evidence is completely lacking. Yeah, no. There's no plurality of gods, and there wasn't any story of God being once a man. And this is where people got to understand, like, you have Judaism that is rooted, like, Judaism and Christianity, it's an interesting concept stacked right next to each Mm -hmm. other. You got Judaism, which is basically Old Testament.
1: Correct. They
0: live, breathe, eat, and shit, the Old Testament. Yes. Christianity is the New Testament. Yes, However, they both acknowledge the books. Correct. So Christianity will acknowledge the legitimacy of the Old Testament. Yes. And Judaism won't necessarily claim the legitimacy of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But they will say I believe Jesus was alive. Right, yeah. He was he was a probably a really good person. Yeah. You know, like you sit down and they have that They look
1: at him less as the son of God and more like a prophet.
0: Or just, just a good guy yeah, that yeah. just uh, did good things and mm-hmm. was taken yeah. the wrong way. and But also, this is what happened with Christ. And this is where I'm bringing why there's this yeah. hostility towards Mormons. Like, Christ pissed off all the Jews. He did. Because he was like, look, I'm God.
1: God's yeah. me. Yeah.
0: Like, if you disagree with me, you disagree with God. And they're like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. Now, this without getting too deep into the weeds of it, this is where you have to start looking at the miracles that Jesus did. Yes. And if the miracles are real, well, and the ones that believe the miracles are real, right? Yes. then he was God
1: mm-hmm.
0: through Jesus. Correct. And this is where you had the Trinity, which is, you know, as Catholics word it beautifully, the mystery. Yes. You're not meant to understand it, but no. it's one God yeah. in three things. Yeah. Jesus.
1: The father, the father, the son, And the Holy Ghost. And the Holy
0: Ghost or Holy Spirit, however you, uh, you know, go about it. But this is where the Mormons kind of fall apart because the Bible says the Trinity type thing all along. And the Trinity is
1: reflected in several things.
0: Yeah. And and before Christ, you had God. God was always this omnipresent being. Yes. Never a man from Genesis all the way up. And this is where I said, like, I think Mormons screwed up by saying... Yeah, the Bible is a important document to us mm-hmm. because it's like, well, yeah, y- your core beliefs spit in the face of it, though. Yeah. And that's the problem because now you corner them and say, all right, prove it. Well, that's when Smith comes up. Yeah. Smith comes up in these these plates. And yeah. that's where you get this weird story. And it's like, all right, so this guy in the late 1800s, that's your last.
1: In upstate New that's, York. That's your first. Is supposed to be able To decipher Egyptian hieroglyphs on golden plates. No, let's just say an angel.
0: Let's no. Let's just say it is a divine thing. Mm -hmm. Let's invite the idea that it is a divine thing that happened. Why all that time Mm -hmm. when this one idea was going? If it was the restored church, yeah, wouldn't they have done this when they were building it?
1: Well. I mean, if you're going to talk about
0: omnipresent beings and all-knowing beings. But why
1: restore the church when the church wasn't in a decline? The church was actually thriving. No,
0: exactly. Exactly. These are the conversations you need to have with Mormons when they knock on your door. Mm -hmm. You know, another one is, again, where they claim that God the Father was once a man and then progressed to godhood. And, you know, he is now exalted immortal man with flesh and bone body. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. The Bible, they never said he was a man. He's a spirit. And also eternal. The polytheism of the Trinity, which we mm-hmm. talked about earlier. That's one thing to corner him on. Mormons also believe that like God the Father, they can go through a process of exaltation to godhood. That this is where I'm that's
1: problematic. Because
0: right where we've been talking, it's been a religion so far. Right, yeah. And this is cult of the month. Yes. So I'm bringing up the cult of the month yes. type stuff. Anybody that claims that you can reach godhood, which yeah. is all these ones that we just did previously, at
1: best it's problematic. Yeah, at worst it's catastrophic. Well, and
0: that's the th- and that's what the Bible teaches. That's the whole soul of the Bible is to be just have humility. Yes. That's, that's the whole bit of the Bible. Yeah. And where they tell you you're doing things wrong and this is wrong. It's to bring you down yeah. to a, a lower level. Not bring you down bad, but bring you down in a good way.
1: Right. To, to ground where you, you. To
0: ground to you. Yeah. Like, it's a, the Bible, like if I were to say a Reader's Digest version, like a one sentence blurb of what the Bible is, it's a book to ground you. Yes. It's a grounding. It's full of grounding exercises. Yes. It's really all it is. And and the in the Bible teaches that this yearn to be godlike led to the fall of mankind. Yes. That's in Genesis. Yeah. God does not look kindly on uh humans who pretend to attain deity. That's an axe. Uh God desires humans to humbly recognize that they are his creatures. That's Genesis Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, The state of the redeemed in eternity will be one of glorious immortality, but they will forever remain God's creatures. Yes. Adopted as his children. And that's Romans, 1 Corinthians, even Revelations, Mm -hmm. which that's what they're, you know, believers will never become gods. Correct. And this is where, like, from the Mormon bit of it, it's like they'll bring you in on the Bible stuff, the the stuff that's grounding. Yeah. Yeah. And, and gives you this humility of, mm-hmm. you know, being just low to the ground. Yeah. But then they'll bring this stuff over. Like I said, they got this door on the side that they walk you through, and you're just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. And, and Mormons believe that Jesus Christ was the firstborn spirit child of the Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Jesus then progressed a deity in the spirit world. He was later physically conceived in Mary's womb and as the literal only begotten Son of the Father in the flesh though many present-day Mormons remain somewhat vague on how this even occurred. Mm -hmm. But biblically, the description of Jesus as the only begotten refers to his being the Father's unique, one-of-a-kind son for all eternity. It was like that all from the start, and with the same divine nature as the Father. This gets into the mystery. And uh, they have the three kingdoms... Which Mormons believe that most people will end up in one of three kingdoms of glory, depending on one's level of faithfulness. I Mm -hmm. just love this. Belief in Christ or even in God is not necessary to obtain immortality in one of these three kingdoms. And therefore, only the most spiritually perverse will go to hell. Mm -hmm. So now you've got these, you got hell, and then you got these two other places. Well,
1: three spiritual kingdoms. Three spiritual kingdoms. Which means I'm going to assume is. Good, better, level best one, happen. level two, yeah. level
0: three. You know, how does level one get to two? What's how does, good you know, heaven?
1: What's better heaven? Yeah, and what's best and this happen. is where you got to talk yeah. to him
0: about corner him on this crap. Uh, but the Bible teaches that people have just two possibilities for their eternal futures: the saved will enjoy eternal life with God in the new heavens and the new earth, while the unsaved will spend an eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. That's it. You got purgatory. In the right. middle, but that's a transition place.
1: Yeah, purgatory gives you a chance to get into heaven where you or can Or it gives you for, a chance
0: to go into hell.
1: It does it if you both don't ways. atone. If, yeah. if you can atone for whatever it was yeah. and you can fulfill your penance, mm-hmm. then, you, then you ascend but into heaven. But if you're like, I if stand by myself, yeah.
0: I stand by every bit of it, you're this and that. Yeah. Well, you're going Yeah, to the you're hop- going to go the other way. You're going the other way. The ones that stay in purgatory for a long time, mm-hmm. and again, this is all conceptual. No right. one really knows this stuff. No, but it just at the end, it's what kind of makes sense to you. Now, me, the purgatory, hell, and heaven thing makes sense to me. Yeah, there's this place where you can try to figure out your your end game. Yeah, you know, and and uh, and yeah, but they have the different levels of yes actual kingdoms that you can go yeah. to. They don't uh, descriptively tell you how that is. And this is all building up to a certain thing that just pins this thing a cult for me. Uh, sin and atonement. M- Mormons believe that Adam's transgression was a noble act that made it possible for humans to become mortal. It's the big crossroads here, mm-hmm. a necessary step on the path to exaltation to godhood. See, this is where they they morph Genesis basically. And so you they- had to
1: betray God. So that you can become God. They
0: they think that Christ's atonement secures immortality for virtually all people, whether they repent or believe it or not. Biblically, however, there was nothing noble about Adam's sin, which was not a stepping stone to godhood, but rather brought nothing but sin, misery, and death to mankind. That's Genesis. Correct. Romans. Jesus atoned for the sins of all who would trust him for salvation. Yes, that's Isaiah. But he was also atoning
1: for that original sin.
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. that like that whole gap, Mm -hmm. and and then salvation. Mormons believe that God gives to virtually everyone a general salvation to immortal life in one of the heavenly kingdoms, which is how they understand salvation by grace. Belief in Christ is necessary only to obtain passage to the highest celestial kingdom for which not only faith but participation in Mormon temple rituals and obedience to its laws of the gospel are also prerequisites. So to get way up, you got to be way in. Yeah. And then, but if you believe, you, uh, you're all right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You'll know. you
1: just you'll just have good heaven. You won't have better or best heaven.
0: Or as Seriously Decent Productions would say, decent and seriously decent. Correct. <laughs> but... Well, there's this this that, we, still
1: only two of the three. But this kingdoms. is where
0: we get into the cult part. Now, if you want to go up to their actual capital of where they are mm-hmm. and and go and talk and, and learn more about it, you're not even allowed on the grounds. No. The temples no, you're, not. you're not allowed in. No. And and this is this is where I lay the build up where not only do they morph all these ideas, but if you want to go and find out more about it, you can't.
1: No, you can't.
0: The only way you can is if you join.
1: Yep. You got to join the church. You got to join.
0: And then, and then even just joining won't even get you into these temples. No. You got to go through.
1: Yeah. You got no, to go through the ropes. Yeah. You've got to go. Th- you've got to jump through all the hoops. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, they did an episode of Mormonism or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints yeah. on Aftermath. Yeah. Leah and, and Mike did. I and think so. they had a policy where they would cut themselves off from anyone who left the church. Yeah. You know, I don't know that they necessarily labeled them a suppressive person. No,
0: they don't go as far they as wouldn't, that, but they're just not in the group anymore.
1: Yeah. They wouldn't talk to that, again, person. They wouldn't include that person. And again, this is where the cult is stuff. Yeah. You
0: know, I yeah. mean, and this is where, like I said, you know, Catholics get beat up, Protestants get beat up. Uh, you know, kind of your basic Christianity, uh, sex we'll call, um, get beat up. But here's the thing: you and I Mm -hmm. can go and fly over and go to the Vatican Museum, yeah, and learn whatever we want, which is in St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah, you. We could go right into St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah, we can go to the Sistine Chapel. We can. Uh, we can go to all of that.
1: Yeah. You can go to Mass. You can go to any church the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Episcopal church, the Protestant church. You can go to any of those churches. No, but I'm just saying, like,
0: everybody hits the Catholics hard, but you can actually go to Mass on Sunday and the Pope gives it to you. Yeah. And gives you Mass, gives you service. Yes. In the square. Yeah. Now, there's nothing to hide there. No. I laugh how everybody's, you know, oh, it's just this hidden group. There's nothing hidden about it. No. There's books everywhere that you can read about, and you can go there. Now, here's the thing. You and I haven't gone to church in probably a couple weeks because mm-hmm. I was sick today. Yeah. And last week weekend was just crazy.
1: Well, it was the time change. We, we missed it.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's just, we need rest. But we haven't gone to church in two weeks. Yeah. We go every Sunday. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If I was walking in the grocery store... And, like, the guy that takes collections from us or Amy were to walk by or something? Yeah. You know what they'd be like? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. How's things going? Yeah.
1: The the congregation the, members don't exclude you. They will no, talk to you. but They'll what I'm say saying is, is
0: when they say, hey, how's it going? It, it's not even... They won't even get that they didn't even see me. They might not even say that.
1: Right, yeah. Like, it's just,
0: hey, how you doing? Yeah. How's things? How's Jen? Yeah. How's the dog? Mm-hmm. How's all that stuff? And, yeah, I haven't gone in two weeks. It wasn't, you know, hey... Hey, I I didn't see you at Mass last week. I didn't see you the week before. Everything okay? Everything fine? Blah, blah, blah. What are you up to? Why Mm -hmm. didn't you go to Mass? You know, everything right at the house? Everything good with Jen? You know, like... like I will say, if if they
1: do bring... If, just based on my previous life in the church, (laughs) if you weren't at Mass and, you know, there were... People from the congregation that you met, they might be like, Oh, hey, hi, how you doing? You know, haven't seen yeah. you in mass for a couple of weeks. Everything okay? But that's as far that's as, as far it goes. as it goes. Yeah. They just want to make sure you're okay. But even
0: if we walked up to father. Yeah. You know, or if I saw him on the side of the street, be hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. How, how's things?
1: I think the and biggest that's, but that's clue where to if you're in a cult or not is leaving. Yeah. If you leave.
0: I've said it all the time.
1: And they don't give you any shit about it. Yeah. Then odds are you're not in a cult.
0: If you leave and you're going to lose everything, That's you're in a That's a cult. problem, yes. You're in a cult. And yes. this is not just religious stuff. No. This is political parties. Yes. Like people have real hard time. I just read the story and I'm not going to say the political affiliation of what they did, but they were, you know, their whole core group was this one political affiliation. Everything they talked about was yeah. that political affiliation. And people have had that stress, at least in the United States, people have had that stress for the last, I want to say, three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Trump administration really kind of brought it in, you know, this mm-hmm. division of right, sides, yes. so to speak. Yes, And the problem with our makeup as a country is we are a two-party system. Yes. Even though a lot of people, you know, are registered independent and you have like green parties and yeah. you have all this stuff. But at the end of the day, at the ballot, you have option A or option B. Yeah. That's it. And and it's just, it's destined to come to this point where you have this division now of sides. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it's going to happen. And the tough part is, is, like I was reading this girl's article and it was just really, really sad. She just realized that she didn't agree with the political affiliation. Mm -hmm. She started just having a hard time trying to explain her ideas and beliefs of things Mm -hmm. and just explain it every time. And, like, if there was a picture of something with with her and, you know, just having to explain to the group and all that. And she just decided to cut it off and leave. But the problem was is you. That's what people, you know, if you're in that position where you got to cut it off mm-hmm. and there's this severing, and you know that if you go this direction, you're never going to talk to these people again. Yeah. You're never going to do anything with them again. Then you got to ask yourself, what the hell was it or yeah. is it that, is that I'm in? Cult? Yeah. And not just even bring the word cult up, but just like it's again, so, you know, identifying with yourself and staying true to yourself. And the thing is, is. Leaving that system is the best thing you can do because if you are what you are, the world's too big to be alone. Mm-hmm. There's other people, especially with the internet, and people can find connections to where they are you know, like this personality with this personality. That's where the internet's a good thing. And you can find these people that have common interests and in
1: yeah, you can like find like minded,
0: yeah, but you're gonna have to lose to gain, yeah, and getting out of that. But like the Mormons i'm I was reading it from the beginning, I was like, man, it's just a just a regular uh regular group, yeah, and then it got to me with the separation of the major themes of the Bible, yeah, the fact that they can't really prove it, yeah. other than this guy that found some golden plates with an angel and and there might have been one other guy helping him out, maybe yeah. yeah uh and and then. Like I said, if you were to really pursue this, uh, every documentary on Mormonism is great. They go over to the church to LDS and they can't even get on the grounds. Yeah. Security walks right out. You got to get out of here. Yeah. So even if you were walking up there, you got to get out of here.
1: Yeah. You're not allowed.
0: Now what gets me is they don't get a rash of shit on a daily basis. No. But like the Catholic religion will. And now granted the kids thing yeah, was a big got problem. Their, their- but the fact is is you can go to the Vatican. Yes. And all the you know, Saint Peter's Basilica, Sistine Chapel, you can as go to Mass. As we stated before, as you we can stated go before. There. You yeah. can do all that. And that's transparency.
1: Yeah. It is. To a
0: certain degree.
1: Yeah.
0: On on just getting to be informed. And again, this is where Mormonism fell into that trap. Yeah. Of a cult. Yeah. Just like Heaven's Gate and just yeah. like Nexium. Yep. It's uh sorry for them.
1: They're lost. Win
0: for our show yeah. on cults. <laughs> yeah. So uh what do we uh what do we got coming?
1: We have the Egyptian Book of the Dead next. I know. Yeah.
0: That's uh you done with that book you were reading?
1: I've been done with it. All right.
0: Gotta, for weeks. I got to grab that.
1: I just got to finish my notes.
0: Yeah. I uh I don't know anything about it. Weird. I know I know high level stuff. Yeah. But like the the meat and potatoes. Yeah. I've been waiting for this episode. Yeah. It's a good one. Is it?
1: Well, I mean it's a if you it is what it is. It's yeah. the Book of the Dead. This is how you get through the Egyptian underworld. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it is.
0: I wonder, do you think a lot of people that listen to this think that, do they have a lot of knowledge of that, or is this something that we're probably going to just come in out of nowhere with?
1: I think the Egyptian Book of the Dead has been known for a long yeah, time. but
0: the meat and potatoes of it. Um. You I, listen to a lot of podcasts. do. I other do, podcasts talk about but it?
1: But the thing is... Th- What's contained within the Egyptian Book of the Dead is referenced in several television shows. A ton of stuff. So yeah. I think that it's it's more well-known than it would have been even 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is people have a walking knowledge? Of the I Book would of the say, are, yeah. Are I think in. because
1: you can't turn on Discovery, Nat Geo, yeah. or History without getting some sort of Egyptian, Egyptology... Egypt history something, and they can't talk about the pharaohs or the pyramids. Yeah, but here's the thing: without talking about the Book of the Dead.
0: Yeah, I think because
1: it's all part of the funeral rites. At the end of the day, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, but that's what I think is: I think people have a a knowledge of all those things separately, but not as a collective whole.
1: No, it's a bird's. I think they have a bird's eye view, so this is just going to be a deeper dive.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm getting at at best. I think people know like pharaohs yeah. and yeah, but, but the way it's all connected and put together, it's, I don't think there's a whole lot of knowledge
1: there. No, but yeah. I'm know- just, I'm
0: just kind of vocally curious as to if it's going to be received well. Cause this was one, this is one that we're kind of stepping outside of the, the, the side of stuff we're doing. To a certain
1: degree. Mm, I, I would say this fits after reading it. This well, fits no, we talk about one hundred percent. We talk
0: about people, places, and like things yeah. where this is more of like an event that we're talking Mm-mm. about to Mm-mm. a certain degree, right? Or Mm-mm. do I have it all wrong?
1: You have it all wrong.
0: All right, then I'm gonna it's, shut up and we'll move on.
1: It's people, places and things. Okay. It's all encompassed.
0: All right. I'm yeah. gonna do my cough drop on the air now because we're towards the end here. Yeah. I'm hurting. All right. (laughs) So, folks, thank you so much for listening. We're um, always grateful Mm -hmm. for you coming in every single week to listen to us. Yep. And uh, pass us off to a friend or someone that you think would be interested. Yeah. We know you're doing it because it's happening. Yep. And uh, Thank you. We are just so appreciative of it, and we love doing this. We do. And we're going to keep doing it. We are. Even when we're sick. Yes. So with that being said, rule number one.
1: No Ouija boards.
0: Number two. No dolls. Three.
1: No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Seven. Don't let the black-eyed
0: children in. Don't do it. No. It's just not worth it. No. It's not even worth the t-shirt. Nope. So... Again, thank you very much. We hope you have a lovely day, a lovely week.
1: And make good choices.
0: Take care.